we all want to be happier. But how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Welcome back to the Positive the Real podcast. I am your host and your coach, Brittany King. And today I I like I'm so giddy about this episode. I get that about a lot of my episodes, but this one in particular because my guest today has changed my life. I, I know I say it a lot, and that's why I share these amazing people with you, because if they have changed my life, they can 100% change your life too. So my guest today is my very own productivity coach, Mackenzie Sweeney. Welcome to the show, Max. So glad to Thank you, Brittany. Oh, girl, getting chills. I'm so <laughs> honored to be here. Thank you for having me. It is just such a, it's been such a pleasure to both be your coach and to be your friend and now to be podcast guests on this oh, epic podcast. All of the things. So Mackenzie and I, so Mac is a yoga instructor among a million other things that she does, but that's how like I got introduced to you was through the Madison course it's always some sort of connection in that in that community um but i like i always like we always were like ships passing like it was always like you were teaching yeah. 6 a.m i was teaching 6 a.m but like i always was very drawn to your energy you just like walked into the studio and brought this like light and i was like i love that and then i like discovered you on instagram and i was like whoa what is this she excuse me and your messaging was speaking to my soul like mm. i'm pretty sure that i was your like avatar like you like had a picture of me and you were like what are britney's pain points yes. what does she need like i guarantee like i am i mean i like was to a t and i your mm. messaging spoke to my soul we hopped on a call and i was like this is everything i need and i like was you know I was hesitant of course like anything when you make a really big purchase it, not even purchase investment in yourself because your first initial thought is always will this work for me and of course I was nervous about that but within before we even started your you exceeded my expectations in the intro and here we are almost 90 days later after I started which is like so beautiful and I have like achieved so much more in these 90 days than I ever could have imagined. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without you. So I brought you on the show just to gush on you and to like <laughs> <laughs> just say all this and be like, okay, and this was the episode. Um, no, but that is how we met. We worked together. And I told Mackenzie, I was like, you're stuck with me. Like, as long as you'll have me, I am going lifer. to be, I'm a lifer. I am a Mac motion lifer. So Welcome to the show. That's your Thank introduction you. to me. Now I want you to introduce yourself. Like, who are you? What do you do? Why are you here? What, like, tell me all the things. <sighs> 100%. Well, first of all, I'm just really feeling all of that love, Brittany. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So for you on the other side of this podcast, who is listening to us have this conversation, my name's Mac. I am the productivity coach. 
I have been teaching and coaching productivity worldwide for the last six years. The tips that I share have over a million views um, online. And I teach online entrepreneurs how to master their time and energy so they can actually live a work-life balance. And Brittany King, your host here, is literally the proof in the pudding. So productivity for me didn't just happen, right? It came over through a lot of us, like we go through a trauma or a struggle and then we learn something really effective and then we find that purpose in it. So for me, I'm going to take you back six years ago, seven years ago now, seven years ago, Valentine's Day, my senior year of college happened to be a Friday night and I was leaving a Valentine's party. I had to go sing in the morning. I was an opera singer. So I was like, I gotta go perform in the morning. And I said goodbye to my friends at the party. And one of them offered, Hey, Mac, you want me to walk you home? I literally lived across the street. So I like waved my hand. I was like, you're, you're, you're cute. Thanks friend. No, I'm good. I literally live across the street. And I walked outside the house and I went to the stoplight. And there was just me, the stoplight, and a car waiting across the street to turn left. And I waited for my turn from the light to turn from yellow to red. And then the walking man turned on. And I took four really confident steps into the crosswalk. And the car kept turning. And I could feel the headlights getting closer. And then I had that thought, is this the spot where my life is supposed to flash before my eyes? Mm. And everything went black. I remember peeling myself off of the pavement after hitting the windshield and hitting the ground so very angry. And the next two years were quite the struggle. I knew I was smart, but I couldn't find it in my brain. I was fluent in French and I went to French class and I could recognize the words she was saying, but I didn't remember what they meant. Mm. So I knew I knew something, but I simply couldn't find it. So all of my processing went back to zero. My time, my energy, my success really ultimately depended on my ability to get more done in less time. So now I've found this power of productivity and that's why I'm so passionate about teaching how you can truly use your output in the most effective way so you can enjoy your life. So that is where this power of productivity came from. And that's why you and I, Brittany, are having this delicious conversation of like, well, we're nearing the end of the year. Also, we've got holidays. How can we get the most done in this time so we can leave 2020 with a bang? Mm. So that's how I came to be. (laughs) That is how you came to be. I I remember when I first heard your story and I was like, whoa, like that, it gives me chills every time I hear it because how, how scary and then how to start over and like going through those years thinking like, will I ever be the same again? Like that must have been so hard but Mm -hmm. here you are teaching productivity and time and energy management like that just shows that anybody can do this especially if i mean you had a traumatic brain injury but for those of us that haven't like myself um (laughs) i also struggled in that space and you've really helped me like harness the power of my mind and my energy to achieve whatever it is that i need and want to achieve. Um, mm-hmm. So it's so cool. I can't wait to dive into this. And yes. this is exactly why we're here. Um, what day is it? On no Thursday, if you listen to this today, Thursday is October 1st, which is the start of fall. Woohoo! But Finally. also, 
get those sweaters out. Um, almost sweaters really happen in um, by Halloween in Arizona. But anyway, uh, it is the last quarter of the craziest year I think anybody has experienced. And I know personally, like this last quarter is so important, but you nailed it. Like there's holidays, there's just so much going on and all of the things that have been pushed off or pushed back because of COVID. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to dive into this conversation because it's, I am definitely proof in the pudding that you can get done whatever it is that you need to get done in 90 days, no matter what the circumstances. And I think that's what I love so much about you and your program, because it's like, we're not focusing on these like crazy long-term goals. And you've taught me there's no such thing as a long-term goal, only a long-term vision. We'll get into that. But like, let's like get into like 90 days. Like we are mm. on October 1st, we have 90 days left of 2020 if someone is feeling like they are behind or they don't know where to start, they're overwhelmed. And every time they get started, they stop or they get distracted. Like, let's just start there. What would you tell them? I think also just, I'm going to parallel your last 90 days because I think having somebody like seeing this, you know, idol that you are go through this themselves, they can actually like you on the other side of this podcast, you can actually hear how Brittany mm -hmm. also achieved this. So it's so normal. You're probably in one of three places right now. Like, hi, oh my God, October 1st. What the fuck, man? We've got so much to do. And there's a couple, you, you either don't know how to start, right? So you're like freaking out before you actually start. You started, but now you're paralyzed because you don't know where to go from here. Or you're overwhelmed, right? We're one of these three places. But the biggest thing is this overwhelm, this anxiety, this, oh my God, how am I going to do everything that I want to do? Um, the first thing is like, whoa, it's so normal to feel that. <laughs> your energy is such a huge piece of your productivity. And just having the understanding that how I feel is actually going to dictate my output way more than any shiny tool, than any podcast episode. How I feel is going to dictate my output way more than anything. And Brittany, what I really saw you right at the beginning of our 90 days, you came in with a ton of gusto, really big dreams, really big ideas. And you're like, I want to do all these things. I'm like, I see you. And I honor that. Let's get super clear. So just like you on the other side, right? It's October 1st. You have a lot that you want to do. How are we going to do this in 90 days is number one, you got to get it all out of your brain, right? The one of the first things that we start with is the why, like, why are you rocking for the next 90 days? Like what, why are, what, why is it important for you to invest your time, your money, your energy into your work, into your family? Like what is grounding you? So the first piece is your anchor point. And Brittany, I think it'd be really powerful if you shared the anchor point for you, that was your anchor of 90 days. So these, these wonderful listeners of yours can get an idea of like, what does that why even look like, you know? I, it's like surreal. That's why having this conversation right now of where I am. So when I first, we started our uh, first 90 days, we had an orientation call. We talked about our why. And the first sentence in my why was, I want to help contribute towards my dream home with my family. And as we are recording this episode, I am currently sitting in my freaking dream home with my family. 
And dream home, baby. Dream home. Like I have like to pinch myself this whole weekend. We were like, are we at an Airbnb? Like it just doesn't feel, I mean, it does feel it is home, but it's just so surreal because 90 days ago, this was just like, oh yeah, that'd be nice. But I got super clear on why I invested my time and money and energy towards something like this. And it just goes for any sort of coaching. Like the ROI is 10 times bigger than the investment. Like it's insane. It is so special. So that is the most important part. Like I Mm -hmm. connect to that why whenever my brain is like, I don't want to do this right now. I don't feel like doing this. Like I really like my brain is like, yeah, okay, well, you're not like you have to remember why you started. And that like kicks my booty into gear. So especially if you don't know where to start, start with your why, because just like Brittany said, it's like, that is your filter. That's your lens. So anything that you're doing, is this supporting my why? Is it supporting it or distracting from it? Mm -hmm. Is being on TikTok for three hours supporting or distracting my why? Is getting with a project manager to figure out how I'm going to do this work task, is that supporting or detracting from my why? So when you have that anchor point, it gives you a place to rely on because I know your listeners, Brittany, are like the most highly driven, mm-hmm. independent, spiritually strong individuals that sometimes needing to have an anchor point allows us to move forward. So that's the really first step of like, what is the next 90 days? Well, let's really anchor in your why. Why is it important for you to succeed? Why is it important for you to do the work? Why is it important for you to be present? What are you working towards? And then that second piece is that you heard Brittany say earlier in the episode, like long-term vision, long-term goals, right? I know you have really big ideas. That, oh my God, 2020. One of the two pieces here, anything longer than six months is a vision. There's no such thing as long-term goals, right? So let's get super tactile, right? A long-term goal, it's a six, three months or six months, so 90 days or longer, um, up to six months, broken down into two week increments. But you can't do that if you have 10 goals on your list, right? Mm -hmm. Trying to break down 10 goals is too much. So what we want to do is we want to play a game and we want to figure out the single most important goal that's the most important right now for you, right? When Brittany and I first started and her, like her why was like, I want to contribute to this beautiful dream house. And it happened like because she was using that as her lens. And then we really got clear with, okay, in the next 90 days, what is the next goal? to get to that vision. So goals help you towards your vision, right? Mm. So that's really, really getting tactile. Number one, anchor, what's your why? Number two, out of all of those 10, 12, 15 goals that I know you have, (laughs) let's find the most important one right now. Um, And one of the tricks that we use is we call it March Madness. You guys watch sports, or at least you did when it was live you know, before cardboard people were in the stands. Um, But if you ever played, you know, sports growing up, you have a tournament, right? So if you imagine a tournament bracket, the brain, because we're looking at productivity and, you know, getting your stuff done on a neurological level. So out of those eight to 15 goals, I like to start with eight, write down eight things that you want to accomplish or think you should be doing before January 1st, 2021, write them all down. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and number them one through eight. From there, you're going to pit two of them together and your body, this is where that energy piece is so important, right? Because we have the brain, that inner secretary saying, ah, Brittany, you should be doing this thing. Mac, you should be doing that thing. 
but our body, our higher self, our spirit's going to know actually what is going to get us to that next level, right? So this is where you start to ask like, okay, is this or that the most important right now? Kind of like flipping a coin between pizza and between pasta. Which one do we want today, right? So going through one versus two, three versus four, five versus six, seven versus eight. And then you can just put the number like, oh, okay, I realized that, um, you know, losing six pounds is not as important as delegating, you know, X, Y, and Z. So then you move it all the way. Then you do whoever won that first one versus whoever won that second one, just like a tournament all the way until you get to that single finalist. You have the finals and then you have the winner of the tournament. Now, all of these goals that you have are super fucking important. You wouldn't have written them down if they weren't important. But what I want you to see is the single most important goal for you right now. And I think if Brittany shared, like, because you are literally proven the pudding and you're such a great guide for these listeners, what was your single most of, out of your March Madness? What was the thing that really came to light for you? Totally. I mean, I think it's so doing this exercise and this is, I mean, this is why there's a million reasons why I love coaching, but I take these tools and then I use them with my clients because I, I'm a kinesthetic learner and I learn by teaching and like these tools help sharpen the tools in my tool belt. Um, so when I was going through this myself, I was, I thought there was one specific goal, which is launch my membership community. And it was like going into coaching. I was like, that's my goals. I'm going to have that done. And then I did this March Madness bracket and I realized that the systems that I use are most important right now. And I think that that question has been the most powerful because when I've walked through this with my clients, it's always like 10 out of 10. It's a different goal than they thought it was going to be because it helps get super, totally. super micro on what's important right now. And the other goals really like play into it. And what I love too is like, we didn't talk about priority, but when we go through like choosing your priority, it's like your priority is still your priority. Even if your goal isn't like crazy, like if it isn't like super aligned with it in the sense of like the language, but it all plays into that priority and then it all plays into that why, like it's all connected. Um, so I realized like my priority is my family and by having my systems in place, I will have more time for my family and I won't be spending time eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, like doing all these things that if I had a system in place, I wouldn't right. be doing. So I could see like connecting the dots or like obviously reverse engineering working backwards after I've been through the 90 days. Wow. This is making so much sense. Like my why mm -hmm. was contributing to a dream home. My priority is my family and my systems help me so I can have more time with my family and I'm not on my computer late at night. So it's awesome. I love the March Madness. I love doing it with my clients because it, 10 out of 10 is like, oh, that's yeah. not what I thought it was going to be. But when you listen to your body, because our bodies are so smart, they have so much wisdom. I, it was like a clear, it was so clear. I was like, I'm not even debating what I need to do right now because my body is like, yes, Brittany, this is what you need to do in order to get to this. And I think that's what a lot of people really run into it with that overwhelm or that procrastination is they're acting in what they think they need to be doing and not actually what's the most important to them right now. So it's almost as if we're ignoring the cultural, like you need to be doing this or even the boss, like you need to be doing that and truly understanding, whoa, 
this is what my body knows to be true. If I get this done, the trick, I call it the trickle effect. Like when Brittany locks in her systems, she's also able to make progress on those other seven goals. I have a client that I've been working with for a year and a half. She started, we March Madness a year and a half ago. And three months in, she had locked in that first one, made progress on the other two. Six months in, four of them were done. We're a year and a half in all of them have been achieved in the way that she wanted to because she did them in 90 day sprints. Boom, boom, boom. And got super clear and used her why to anchor her in. So when you have the, what's the most important to you right now, the other side of that is be willing to destroy anything in your life that isn't excellent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So especially as we're on this 90 day sprint, you probably have a lot of obligations of like, hey, <laughs> Zoom Halloween party and maybe a family happy hour. Like it's going to be weird. Just it's okay. It's going to be weird. But especially around this holiday time in the past, we've seen a lot of oblig... Ob ob huh, I can speak. Words are hard. Mm -hmm. Obligatory uh, meetings, obligatory get togethers, obligatory calls. And especially as you're on your quest it's a quest. It's a journey on your quest to really like lock in that singular goal in the next 90 days is to be willing to say no to things that are not serving that goal, right? Mm -hmm. Is what I'm doing today helping or hindering me towards that goal? Is going to this family get together, is that going to help with my priority of my family or is it actually detracting from it? And just being willing to be honest and communicate that because your communication muscle is going to be your biggest strength in your 90 day sprint, like telling and managing your time, because how do we control time? How do we control energy? It's all through communication, mm -hmm. right? So actually vocalizing, Hey, I so honor and see that we have nine family parties to go to. Why don't we choose the top three? And then we'll just go to those three, right? You can always manage that, but especially knowing like, okay, you want to lock in some really big business goal by the end of 2020. Right, hit your first six-figure year, get that promotion, you know, up level in that way that you're wanting to. You also have to get really clear with how much energy and time that you want to have with your life side. Because I'm gonna tell you a secret. Right? You wanted the secret, the secret, this key, the power of productivity is if you give yourself relief first, if you give your attention to your why first, everything else then falls into place. When you do things for other people, you're just putting yourself on hold. So I think that's a huge piece of this 90 day sprint is making yourself the most important player in your life. Are you willing to be the most important player in your life? Because if you are, then you're going to be making those really great decisions, those really great plays, saying yes when it's appropriate, saying no. Otherwise, I know we could all practice a little bit more of that. Mm -hmm. But being willing to be the most important allows you to do the right things. And that's what I think we're on this quest of in terms of productivity is choosing the right things instead of doing to just do, you know? Mm. Oh my gosh. Speaking to my soul, Mac. So with that, I mean, as a recovering people pleaser, like in the past, <laughs> <laughs> I love your language. Good job, girl. So good. <laughs> yes. That's another thing Mac has, I mean, but when we started working together, like you were so keen on language and that's how I am too, is like just being super aware of how um, clients speak to 
and about themselves. And that's one of my favorite things that we've like really connected on is like really that language of like using in the past or as a recovering people pleaser, because that is, I know I can speak for myself, but a lot of us women in particular, um, we are people pleasers. We have the need to please. And that is a big, it with energy management, that's a big thing and you can feel it. But then it's like, how, how does someone that isn't necessarily a recovering people pleaser yet, how do they manage that? Like if oh. they feel so guilty after they say no to a party or say no to helping a friend or all of the things. They probably don't say no. And then they feel really super drained after they do it. First of all, I see you, girl. I see you on the other side who's still a people pleaser. I know how that feels. And oh my God, you must be tired. Mm -hmm. It's exhausting, right? And that's a memo. That's an old program that was taught to you. If you haven't yet, read the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle. She has this really, really, like in the first 30 pages, she has this really awesome chapter about like, we don't need more women in particular who are selfless, right? Operating on this idea that you are only of value if you're serving others, you also probably don't let others serve your needs. That's the antithesis of a people pleaser. You're serving others, but you think it's a weakness to be served. Mm-hmm. Okay, if we just lay that out, do you see how twisted that is? Like you live to serve, but you can't let anybody else serve you. Otherwise, it would be weak. How do you think the people who are you, who you are serving are feeling, mm-hmm. right? So you have it halfway. You're 50% there. Like, yes, serving people is so good. And also getting to be served is a sign of leadership. Mm. So it's really shifting a number one to be served to receive is a sign of leadership mm-hmm. being willing to say, thank you. Yes, I deserve that is a sign of leadership, right? So being a people pleaser, everybody has it. We have these four personalities in our, in our bodies. The first one is a people pleaser. It allows you to pick up the phone and say, Oh my God. Hey, Brittany, how are you? If we had any other personality trait up there, it'd be like, what the fuck do you want? Right? Like, <laughs> thank God our people pleaser is up front. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're not talking like major personality changes. We're talking about one to 2% course corrections because that's how we manage our energy. Just teeter totter. A, a course correction could have saved the Titanic, right? Mm-hmm. Two degrees, two little degrees. So pre- people pleaser, we need her in our space. But then we also have our thinker, the one who like comes up with a plan, the doer, the one who does the plan. And then the promoter, the one who's like, woo, plan, let's do it. Vegas. So with people pleasers, right, when you have that urge to serve before yourself, it's actually a very selfish thing to do, right? Because you're doing it to make yourself feel better. Mm -hmm. You're not actually doing it to serve the other person Mm -hmm. because part of you believes, notice the language I'm saying, not all of you, part of you believes that you will only be of, of value if you're serving that person. So therefore it's giving you serotonin, dopamine, endorphins to be serving. Because you don't yet have evidence of just being, being enough, right? Mm -hmm. So people pleasing, if we're talking energy is a very yang oriented, fire oriented, action oriented way of being versus allowing everything to be as it is, right? People pleasers don't always make themselves the most important players in their life. Mm -hmm. If you're not the most important player in your life, then whose life is it? Mm -hmm. What life is it? So understanding that your value comes from your existence and not your performance. Mm -hmm. And a really great way to practice that 
is to literally practice sitting by yourself and just being with your, your own thoughts because people pleasers are constantly looking for that external validation. Am I right? Oh, totally. So especially like, how can we shift like, who? what do you mean? I have to make myself the most important. Am I, am I right? Like at the root of it is you want to be good enough. You want to be correct. You want to be right. And the beautiful thing about your existence is that you cannot be wrong. Neurologically speaking, your brain literally cannot act in unsafety. It cannot, its only job is to keep you safe. And so recognizing that you are safe beyond what somebody taught you to be. I am safe beyond what that person taught me to be. Where did you learn people pleasing? Who taught it to you? Just getting aware of these things will really start to open up your curiosity because people pleasers in the past really have had squashed curiosity. And I give you, they're all of them are like beaming at the lid to get curious, but you don't want to be wrong. I'm going to give you a secret. You cannot be wrong. Mm. It's going to feel a little scary to get curious. Good. Mm-hmm. You're doing it right. Mm. Totally. I mean, that's like, you just nailed me to a T in that sense. Like I, my curiosity was squashed at a very early age and I admire so like, there's so many people that I admire that have that curiosity that are inquisitive and ask questions. And I was always so afraid to ask questions. And half of the reason why I started this podcast was to really break out of that space of like, not having curiosity. I've always had the curiosity. It's always been there, but I've been so afraid to ask and like understand. Like I just always kept quiet. And that was a big part of creating this was to get curious and get curious about myself and then learn from the guests that I have on the show. Um, It's such a funny thing with people pleasing. It's such a like, we're doing it for validation and to feel better about ourselves. But in return, we end up feeling worse because we've completely drained our energy on other people. And it's like this like vicious cycle because it's like, well, I don't want to let them down. So I'm going to do it at my expense. And it's like, it doesn't work. And especially when your health and your happiness like become the back seat. And then it's like, again, it's like, well, like, what is like, what's the whole point of all of this if we're not taking care of ourselves? So you, you taught me a really amazing concept called common neutral ground that protects your energy. And I think this like really plays into our conversation right now about people pleasing. And I'm sure maybe someone listening is like, okay, so what does this all have to do with productivity and time management? I'm like, literally everything. Like protecting your energy definitely comes first. So let's get into that a little bit more because I think that has been so life-changing for me and I'm sure someone listening would benefit from this as well. A hundred and ten percent. Like, especially productivity and time management are just really sexy buzzwords nowadays. Like, we love it. We're like, I just want to be more productive. What you really actually are saying is, I want to have more control of myself so I can get everything that I want, right? Mm-hmm. And that has to do with energy, right? We are beings within time, but we have to be beings first. Mm-hmm. So especially when it comes to energy management, if we break that down, what that means is your ability to be present, right? To be present and aware in this time and space. So especially for my sweet people pleasers and those empaths who feel as though they take on a lot of other people or other things, energy. If you're like, I don't know if I'm I'm an empath. Have you ever walked into a room and immediately felt weird or like walked into a person or a conversation and got a vibe? 
from them, right? I'm raising my hand like, whoo, we are, we get the vibes, right? Um, but when we use the word empathy or people pleasing, what we're really saying is uncontrolled connection, mm. meaning we are willy nilly connecting with people um, energetically. Um, and to match this on the neurological space, we've got monkey see, monkey do. We have something in our brain called mirror neurons, like mirror, mirror on the wall. <laughs> Who is the fit? Like mirror neurons. They are literally mirroring what they see. And these neurons are transmitting hormones, feelings, memories. Um, so when you're like, I really got a weird feeling from that person, it's because your mirror neurons, monkey see, were in your brain, monkey do. Um, so common neutral ground um, is this really powerful energy practice that allows you to connect deeply with somebody without taking on their energy. Does that sound like it would be nice to have? <laughs> because it's a key that has been, especially when I, when I first learned it um, after my accident with my brain injury, I had a really hard time emotionally processing things and I could feel everybody. Mm -hmm. um, so the benefit of this is imagine like when you watch a monkey pick up a banana, you're going to feel as the monkey do, oh, that's what it's like to pick up a banana. When we watch movies, that's why we cry when we watch The Notebook. So instead, common neutral ground shifts you into a place of being the monkey picking up the banana, right? So when you say you have a friend or a partner or a coworker who comes and vents to you and complains and is super negative, uncontrolled connection, you would start feeling that venting. You would start feeling that negativity because their energy is the most powerful, like a moth to a flame. Your, your neurons are going to match that. However, common neutral ground gives you the ability to flip pages. Your coworker, your partner, your friend comes and vents negatively saying all these negative things. Common neutral ground allows you to be, oh, I'm in a state of calm and a place of joy and a place of breathing their mirror neurons start to notice, oh, why are we negative? We can, so you essentially calm their neurons down by being so strongly connected. So I want you to imagine, first of all, you have to feel 100% of your energy, your chi in your body, right? And I want you to notice how are you sitting right now? Maybe how you're standing. Where are your feet? Where is your gravity? And how are you breathing? I know I'm breathing in. I know I'm breathing out. So that's the first step is to really be aware of yourself. Where's my feet? How am I sitting? Where's my gravity? I know I'm breathing in. I know I'm breathing out. Because when you listen to yourself first, right, then everything comes really, really easily. Just like externally, when you do something to find relief first, everything comes easily. So one, check in with yourself. Two, 100% of your energy. I want you to imagine like a little balloon right in front of you and the little ribbon of the balloon is connected to your nose or your heart center and that balloon from a hundred percent of our energy we're going to fill up that balloon with only 11 to 12 percent of our energy where is your body where's your breath put a you know out of a hundred percent only put 11 or 12 right in front of you in that balloon just kind of notice hey what color is it where is it moving is it moving right to left and then the thing about energy is, energy is attracted to energy, like a moth to a flame, the person on the other side. So if you're on Zoom calls, put it between you and the camera. If you're in a situation with a friend, put it between you and a friend. The key here is you don't have to move, you don't have to nod, you don't actually have to speak at all. You're most focused on putting 11 to 12% of this energy in between you and this person. Then that person's energy is gonna come 100% to that balloon, 
And because it's not in you, you can move it side to side, you can kind of see it, and at the end of the conversation, you can determine what you want to take in through that little ribbon, or you can take a little pin and pop it like confetti, so that way it's not even getting inside of you. So that being a really like common neutral ground, creating a ball of energy in between you and the other person, putting 10 to 12% of your energy in there. What do I want to take in and what do I want to pop like confetti allows you to release that person's energy and not over people, please, but still deeply connect and hear that person. That is going to be a game changer for you. Mm, absolutely. Like I think I, I love this practice because especially as a coach and an empath and all like all of the things it has been such a game changer of protecting my energy so i don't feel drained at the end of the day um, i remember i went to san diego and it was like the first time i was around a lot of people since everything went down and i didn't have that practice like i had learned it but i like it wasn't a common practice for me yet or like a consistent practice. And I remember feeling super overwhelmed, which is not like me. I'm used to being around a lot of people. I was really overwhelmed. Like I had all of this energy like flowing through me and I got back to our place afterwards. And I realized I was like, I was not like, I was not protecting my energy at all. I was letting all of the energy that was going on around me in ocean beach through me and I could feel it and I felt like completely off and just by having that practice and something that you taught me that I love to do at the end of the day is like, what's mine to keep? And that has been such a game changer. I do that at the end of every day is like, what is my energy to keep? And just having that practice of like lovingly sending back the energy that is not mine and keeping the energy that is has really shifted. So like I actually wake up and I feel energized. I don't continue to feel drained and depleted because even getting a good night's sleep and you're not protecting your energy will have you waking up feeling that same heaviness as you feel the night before. So I love, love, love this practice so much. So thank you so much for teaching that and sharing it with me. Um, what was it? The book, um, the, uh, pathway to Sur pathway to surrender. The, uh, the letting go Dr. Oh, David Hawkins. Yeah. Letting go. Letting oh, so, go. Good. so good. 10 out of 10 recommend. I will make sure I put that in the, the yeah. show. I think one of the biggest things is like, as we look at like productivity and time management and energy management is honestly like surrendering showing up as you are and eliminating what doesn't serve you, right? Like energy, work, people, places, things really allows you to get even because we're not like trying to become anybody. We're just trying to remember the closest of who we are as the soul. Mm -hmm. And so when we're stripping away these pieces and stripping away the ribbons and the bows, like and really honing in on what matters, that's what time and energy management is, is really honing in on what matters. Mm -hmm. So true. Like, and like, let's get into that because you know, we hear a lot like, oh, I should be doing this and I should be doing that. And I make sure whenever I hear my clients saying that, I'm like, ooh, like, do you, is that really yours to keep? Like who, who has told you that? Like who's told you that you should be doing this? And they're like, I did. I'm like, well, if it was, you wouldn't be using the word, word should. Like mm -hmm. should is someone else's belief. Like I always say, like, stop shooting all over yourself. So 100%. let's dive into that about like, what you really want to do and what you should be doing and how to navigate that and get super clear on what you actually want. 
Totally. So really honing in on what you want and eliminating these things. Number one, recognizing that your language is the closest connection to your subconscious. So when you literally say the word should, what is your subconscious pulling all the times that you should have done something and it, you failing, right? Your language is so, so key. So using like part of me thinks that I need to be doing this and here's what I have to do today. You know, part of me feels really pulled, like get rid of should. You can say part of me feels really pulled to give attention to this thing. Part of me thinks I need to be doing this thing, right? Because you have to honor that part. Like, whoo, what part of, okay, what part of me is saying that I need to be doing this? Oh, the overachiever, right? Is this a must have or is this nice to have? So one, changing the language around it. Part of me thinks I need to be doing this thing. Okay, cool. What part of me? And mm -hmm. notice how we're not actually asking why. Why do I think I need? No, what part of me thinks I need to be doing this? And is this a nice have or a must to have? right? Because if it's not on fire and it doesn't cure cancer, it's not an emergency. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be done today right now. Right? Mm -hmm. A lot of it can be alleviated through communication. So number one, finding like, what do you really want? Identifying the parts of yourself. And then number two, spend more time in quiet, spend more time pondering, spend more time thinking, spend more time meditating, spend more time in silence, right? Because that contrast creates clarity in the sense of when you're spending time simply listening to yourself, you will actually be able to hear what you want over what society, what your boss, what Instagram has told you you need to be doing. Because 10 out of 10, 100% of the time, what you feel is the right move is the right move. Mm -hmm. So how do you know? How do you lean into that intuition? How do you lean into that feeling? You have to spend time with it. It's like a person, right? You have to develop a relationship with it. You cannot marry somebody that you've never listened to or talked to before, right? You can't even be best friends with somebody that you've never listened to or talked to before. You have to spend quality time, right? You have to spend quality time with this person. You have to hear their experience. You have to hear what they think. You don't always have to agree with them. Same thing with your intuition. Spending time with them as if you were dating to get married you're not going to marry somebody unless you listen to them. So how can you really know what you want? Spend more time with yourself. Hear what she or he has to say. A really great journaling practice is to ask yourself five questions, write them out, write the answer with your dominant hand, and then switch sides to your non-dominant hand, and that's a direct line to your inner child. But getting to know inner child, your shadow side, the teenage side. I have like nine parts of myself, and I'm still finding them more. But giving them a place to be heard without judgment is a huge piece, right? So how can you know what you really want? Figure out part of you. Part of me thinks I need to be doing this. Oh, the overachiever part. Is this a must-have or a nice-to-have? It's totally a nice-to-have, and the people-pleaser part of me really wants to deliver that and recognize that my value showing up 100% is enough. Fabulous. Everything else is extra. Is it going to drain me to do that nice-to-have? Yes. Okay, don't do it. Cool. We didn't, we're good. <laughs> really, you're good. And then asking, what does this part of me need? Oh, it just needs, hey, you're enough. It needs to be spoken to. It needs those words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. But spend more time in quiet hearing those parts of you, mm -hmm. doing things together. Treat her as if she was a real entity physically in a body and not just in your soul. Mm -hmm. That is how we can really 
know what we want because we've heard her before. Yes. Oh my God. So good. So many different things that I want to touch on from what you just shared. Um, I, for the first thing that comes up for me, and I mean, you know, if you listen to my podcast, you know, there's a very common theme with meditation and mindfulness. Like it's, it's, it's everything to me, but let's like, let's talk to someone that is new to that practice of just being still really does not enjoy being with themselves. Like, and, and I know like I can relate to that to, to, to that person because that was me. I was always doing something. I was always around people. I only liked myself when I was around people. And the reason why is because I didn't have to listen to myself because I was too busy, like hanging out with everybody else and like being around them. Like the only time I liked myself truly in the past was when I was with other people. Now, fast forward to today, I meditate two times a day, 20 minutes each. And I look forward to that time on my calendar that says, hard stop, meditate. Yes. That's a really good point, Brittany, especially those who don't feel comfortable being by themselves, avoid it at all costs, cannot sit and meditate for the life of them. I get you, right? We both do. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the hardest part is getting over the hump. So my recommendation would be start journaling right? Meditation, being quiet, being still doesn't literally mean stop, drop and sit for 10 minutes. It just means, hey, let's be really intentional. Let's like read a book together. (laughs) Let's watch this movie together. Let's walk to dinner or walk to our favorite coffee shop. Brené Brown has a really great point in one of her books about free writing, setting a timer for five to 15 minutes and free writing because your eyes are that first level of subconscious processing. You're probably really afraid of what you're your soul has to say. And honestly, three or four days into it, you're going to be hurt and it's not going to feel like a big weight on your chest anymore. They've studies have shown that free writing is as uh, powerful and as potent as a medication. It has that same relief psychologically. So especially if you find yourself not wanting to be by yourself, it's probably because part of you is afraid of being heard. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what you need. So getting over the hump, finding a new blank journal. You don't ever have to read it again, right? The intention, your outcome is writing it out to be heard, right? You don't have to read it. Nothing like it yet. You are so safe in that, but but like it honestly takes three days. Mm -hmm. If I told you, Hey, your treasure trove of knowledge is on the other side, 72 hours from now. And it only takes 10 minutes a day of journaling. Would you do it? Brittany is nodding her head. She's like, yeah, I freaking do it, man. Like, all of my knowledge ever like relief is three days away and it only takes 30 minutes total of journaling you don't have ever have to read it again you can throw away the journal when you're done truly that is a huge stepping piece to go from not spending time with yourself to spending time with yourself and it there's a really great uh writing app if you want to type it out the most dangerous writing app.com um you just have to free write and type otherwise it'll disappear but just getting out of your head out of your head and onto the page gives your space, gives your brain space to release and think and process. So that's a really good stepping point for those who have never, ever done meditation or they're like, "Ah, this, you know, whole solo stuff doesn't really work for me. Great. Well then be with a journal and you're not alone. Mm -hmm. That's a good stepping point. Totally. It's like you have everything to gain, nothing to lose. (laughs) Like, Uh, like and I journaling is I think a very good entry way because it is just like getting to know 
those parts of yourself, like the shadowy dark parts that you don't like, that you are afraid of being heard and seen. And like, once you get to know that part, you're like, Hey, it's not so bad. And that's, I mean, that was a big turning point for me and just like changed really the trajectory of my life when I was able to really confront those parts that I was so terrified of, of being. And now I love, I love those times. I love the times when I am still, and I have to remind myself because I'm still like a natural go, go, go type of gal. Like whenever I go to Kinfolk, Dr. Keiko is always reminding me, she's like, your nervous system is like, you're pushing on the gas and the brake at the same time. So I have like, those are my reminders to like pull it back. And I really have, like I would say in the last 90 days, I have done less but gotten more done because of that reminder of like slowing down, taking breaks in the middle of my day, um, really like having that morning to myself and like the evening. And it really has changed everything. And I think my energy is, I mean, I've always liked the Energizer Bunny and that was mostly like through brute force of like, I'm always energized. Like I don't drink coffee and this is just me. But now it's like tenfold because I've actually learned how to manage and master my energy, which going into coaching with you, I, you know, I was thinking I was going to like learn all these tools and all this cool stuff about productivity. And like, yes, there's been awesome tools, but I had to learn all of this stuff first and this about myself first in order for the tools that you do provide to even be useful because a lot of times we turn to tools and tech and all this stuff and it doesn't work. Like it doesn't really, it's not sustainable. Like it might work for a second and then you're like, get over using it. So I've learned that like it starts with me first. Um, so I do want to touch on perfectionism a little bit because perfectionism yes. is like the, um, the villain of productivity and time management and all the things. Oh, yeah. um, and I've learned that like perfectionism is a pretty word for fear. And all, so I like, let's just get into that before we wrap up, because I know that my perfectionist out there, we got you and we see you. Yeah, perfectionism you're so right Brittany you hit the nail on the head is a sexy buzzword for fear it's also a sexy buzzword for procrastination mm. um we have come up with this word right this word did not exist in Jesus's time like perfectionism was not a thing until the industrial revolution right so consumerism capitalism all, like this perfectionism really was creative in this and described in this way um and part of you might be thinking no i just i really like to over deliver and i really like to do things right and no <laughs> no but the thing about perfectionism is it really keeps you from getting things done um and it keeps you from decision making decisions drive you forward completion drives you forward um i really like mark mark zuckerberg's um what he talks about on facebook is um Move fast, break things with good infrastructure. Move fast, break things with good infrastructure. Like, make sure you you have a foundation. Um, you might have also heard fail fast, fail forward. Um, those who actually complete and finish more things do better in the long run. So you'll hear done's better than perfect. Um, per uh, prolific is better than perfect. But I think a really great way to showcase how what perfect perfectionism actually translates into. Um, if you imagine there was actually a study done, um, in the, some Ivy league school, I don't remember what Ivy league school, but it, they were trying to figure out quality versus quantity, right? Quality 
versus quantity? Where does this perfectionism, how does that make an impact on final work? So they used a pottery class. And the very first day, they split the class in two. Group A, group B. Group A was solely graded on the single perfect piece of pottery that they made. One piece was their whole entire grade for the semester. And group B, their whole entire grade was the amount of pottery that they made. 40 pounds was an A, 30 pounds was a B, 20 pounds was a C, et cetera, et cetera. Pottery doesn't weigh a whole lot. So like 40 pounds is a lot of fucking pottery. So pretty much they were saying, okay, group A versus group B, one perfect, quote unquote, perfect piece versus pieces we actually don't care about how, how, how quality or perfect that they are. We're just going towards the amount. Semester starts, boom, group A immediately goes to the library and to the art museum and starts sketching and theorizing and thinking and coming up with the perfect piece of pottery. And towards the end of the semester, they finally start working. They work on this perfect piece, spend all of their time and energy on this one perfect, consistently perfecting it, finding the imperfections, perfecting. Does this sound familiar? Like you find one thing and you're like, I theorize, I think about it. And I'm the only once I theorize it, then I can start it. Right. They all have a deadline. So there's a deadline to this. They finish it. And then group B did not even go to the library. They didn't go to a single art show. They literally just went to the pottery wheel, pottery wheel and got really dirty. They were like, okay, I got to make this. I got to make this face. Next one, I gotta make this pot, next one. They did not care about how perfect their work was. They were getting graded on the amount. At the end of the semester, they were judging based on, okay, great. Group A, one piece, group B's poundage. Which group do you think actually had the highest quality or perfection of work? It was that of group B. Those who actually did and completed actually had a higher quality work than those who perfected one piece. Mm. So perfectionism is not trusting your own capability nor strength. And the thing about perfection, it's a really great excuse not to get work done, right? You don't want to turn it in until it's perfect, but nobody remembers 80% of a coaching program. They only remember if you finished, if it was completed. Nobody remembers how great a draft that Instagram post was they're only going to remember it if you actually post it. So what you have to think about in this perfectionism, it's okay to be fucking scared about doing something, right? But nobody remembers how well you start. They only remember how well you finish. So post the thing, do the thing, promote the thing. You're going to feel something called creator's remorse, which is like buyer's remorse where you're like, oh my God, should I have done that? This is the worst idea ever. Good. That means you did it right. But the more that you do that thing, the better quality it's actually going to get. So it will become more, if we'll use that word perfect, the more you actually do it, but you have to finish it. And that is in the past for perfectionists, like their biggest hurdle is actually finishing something. Mm -hmm. So it, I would go by the 60% rule. It only has to be 60% perfect for you to actually complete it. Mm. But perfectionism is super real. Don't use it as a crutch because you have the ability, your brain literally has the ability to get through it. And you ignoring that is like you ignoring your true capacity. Mm. Mm. So good. Yes. So Finishing out this year strong, breaking through procrastination, perfectionism, that fear. 60% is totally manageable. So we can make that happen. And you just can a little that. bit more than half. It's totally doable. Totally. 
So good, Mac. Oh my God. I could talk about this forever with you. You are so amazing. You're so special. Thank you for sharing your gift with me and my community. I'm so grateful for you. Um, like I just, I don't even know. Like I really, so good. ultimately, I mean, I think that we summed it all up and if people have any more questions, they can reach out to me. They can reach out to you. Like just know that you're supported through the end of the year, no matter what, there's tons of resources out there to help you get to the end of 2020, not feeling depleted, not feeling drained, actually feeling energized, um, despite the circumstance because we have no control over the circumstance, everything that's happened this year, but you have full control over your energy, your time, um, and what you do with all of that. So, so good. And especially for the Brittany King listeners, because you're listening to this on the first, you're listening to it because you want to get to that end of that 2020. I have a really special free audit. I have a little productivity audit. That's a free call for any listeners. What you have to do to get this audit is reach out to me on Instagram at the.productivity.coach and just send me the word King, little crown to honor our Brittany King. And I'll get you signed up for your free productivity Mm -hmm. audit. Um, because you listen to this podcast, so you, we can really get you on that supported structure to the end of 2020 with a bang, baby. Yes. Thank you so much for that. And is there, are there any other places that people can find you? I know you are a savant on the TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> call it the TikTok. You're gonna have to teach me how to use this. You're very, you. you're very good. You're very good. Thank Matt. you. Thank you. Yes, I am the same at the.productivity.coach on TikTok as well. Um, and yeah, TikTok and Instagram is where I live. If you want to hear more too, I have a website, www.macmackmotion.com. But Instagram is typically where I hang out and chit chat. Um, if you guys also are interested in more productivity mastery, we have a free Facebook group for that. It is the productivity mastery group on Facebook. But otherwise, Brittany is your poster child for how to actually live and breathe time and energy and communication mastery. Brittany, it's been such an honor being on this podcast with you. Thank you for sharing and thank you for, for getting to getting together like this. Oh, so fun. So fun getting to dive into this. Um, is a great refresher for me too. It's like repetition is the master of all skills. So hearing this again, just like reignites, especially as I'm in this new transition in my life. So thank you again for your time, for being on this show and for sharing this amazingness with my community. You're amazing. Absolutely. So good. Oh my gosh. I am so glad I got to share Mac magic with you. Make sure you take advantage of that free productivity audit. I'm telling you this woman is magical and she has had a profound impact on my life and my business. And I've learned that my life and my business, they're one and the same. So make sure you check it out. I mean, it is so important that we learn how to manage our time and our energy and it's all within our control. That's the best part about it. Uh, I'm still given those complimentary lifestyle audits as well. We just want to set you up and make sure that you feel your best as you finish the year strong. So you can head on over to my website and check that out. And either way, send us a message if you need support, if you need help just getting started or getting clear on what you want to accomplish by the end of the year. We got you. Remember, you do not have to do this alone. 
So thank you so much for spending the time listening to this episode. I hope you got something out of it. If you did, send me a message. Tag us on Instagram. All right. Until next time, love yourself, own your happiness, and let your light shine because you are so worthy of it, my friend. 